Welcome to Test Don't Guess, the podcast created for unlicensed health practitioners who love chatting about functional lab testing. I'm Jensen, your host. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, developer of the HTMA analysis app, and creator of the Instant HTMA Professional course. But here, I'm just your curious colleague who wants to know all about the functional lab tests that you're using, how you learn to properly interpret them, and how incorporating labs has impacted your confidence and your practice. In this season of Test Don't Guess, we're going to talk with practitioners, course creators, and lab experts to help you navigate the world of functional testing, and I am super glad you're here. Remember, this is a podcast intended for learning purposes only, and it does not provide professional legal or medical advice. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining me today. I am like super excited to pick your brain about the Dutch test and serum hormone levels. This is a really interesting topic to me personally, Um, not to get like too personal, but I have struggled with estrogen dominance for as long as I can remember. And Mm -hmm. so this, these are the things that I've been talking with doctors about for 10 plus years. So what you're doing in empowering women to understand their own hormone levels and help others is just the most incredible thing and is so needed. And so I'm just honored that you took the time to talk today. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite topics. I feel like I could talk about it for days. I know we have a limited amount of time. So let's just see what we can cover today. Yeah. So um, for people who aren't familiar with you, can you give us a quick intro of who you are, what you do, how you help people? Sure. So my name is Ash. I am a nutritional therapy practitioner and functional hormone specialist, and I am the CEO of my company and academy, the Functional Women's Academy. We are going through a big rebrand right now. Lots of things are changing, but we are basically an international organization that trains practitioners in how to work with functional hormone health. So this means um, working with aspects of understanding the cycle and hormones and the female body uh, specifics so that we can better support our female clients and ripple that into the world. So Love that's it. a little bit of the work I do. <laughs> just, a, just a tiny thing that you've been up to yeah, basically. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, it's my dream come true. And um, so I serve as a mentor for other practitioners. I do a lot of work with helping to um, refine uh, skill set and knowledge and protocol development, troubleshooting, things like that. Um, on a one-to-one basis, I do work with clients too, but I tend to take on, um, I work strictly with practitioners. So that is my niche. I am a practitioner for other practitioners and I work with complex hormone and reproductive health cases. Okay. So yeah, that's a little bit about what I do. Perfect. That's awesome. Well, I know in your course, you teach about the Dutch test, right? And serum hormone levels. So I'm trying to understand when do we need each of these tests? When do you recommend people start running either? Like, do you, do you always recommend somebody start with one over the other or none at all? How do you, how do you go with that? Yeah. So it really depends on the person and the situation that we have in front of us. So hormones, although they are simple, they're also nuanced at the same time. So uh, just speaking to Dutch and serum hormones, um, for some people, depending upon their situation, how complex it is, what their goals are, uh, some people might want to go with something like the Dutch test first or serum hormones, depending upon which is best for their case. But in a lot of times, um, 
um, you know, hormones and imbalances are consequences of systemic dysfunction and imbalances. So oftentimes when I'm working with clients one-on-one, -on -one, um, I... So I'm a little bit more keen to what the body is telling us through symptoms. And this is a big thing of what I teach in my course is to understand what the body is already telling us through cyclical symptoms and experiences. Um, so in some cases, most cases, I should say, I like to start with more uh, blood work or um, uh, a GI map or something like that. Just it's, you know, everything is so specific to the person. <laughs> but uh, right. when it comes to the point where we want to look at the data and the specifics for hormones. Um, whether we do Dutch tests or whether we do serum hormones depends on the situation. And uh, I know a lot of people are um, really excited about the Dutch test and more of these comprehensive testing, but I am also one to say don't underestimate the power of serum hormones in working with some of those you know, basic, more um, uh, more easily accessible labs too. So uh, with Dutch testing, this is a test where we can look at the downstream effect of hormones. So we have to keep in mind that this includes sex steroid hormones, but it also includes adrenal hormones um, and then organic acids and other stuff that would help to support hormones. So we're taking a look at the big picture perspective because when we're talking about hormones, we're not just talking about sex hormones. We're talking about the entire endocrine system. We're right. talking about all of the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal thyroid axis. So we need to have a look at the adrenal health too and those hormones as well. Um, so that's what I like about the Dutch test is that it includes that perspective, which can be really helpful when there is a big um, influx of stress leading to the uh, hormone imbalances that a person is experiencing. But, um, and then it can also help us to take a look at how, so not only levels of things like if we're looking at uh, sex hormones, not only levels of the androgens and estrogen and progesterone, um, we are also looking at how those hormones are metabolized. So how the body is utilizing those hormones and how that could be impacting a person's symptoms. So there's a lot of science that goes into that and understanding patterns. It's more than just the levels, but it's understanding the patterns and what do those patterns mean versus other patterns. So um, that can be helpful for uh, looking at specific things. I want to give like a really quick example to help um, understand what this, what I'm talking about. So in a lot of, a lot of times when we're looking at cyclical and hormone imbalances, things can often look the same. So let's take, for example, um, the difference between estrogen excess and estrogen dominance, which might have very similar symptoms. You'll see, you know, the exact same thing, but how do you how do you determine if it's really an excess issue of estrogen or an estrogen out of balance um, in a higher ratio to progesterone? Because we might have that estrogen dominance, but not necessarily an excess of estrogen problem, but rather a low progesterone. So that's where it's like, you know, it's helpful to understand um, symptoms, but there is still the added benefit of having that data because you can really differentiate between what's going on. Yeah. And in that situation, the approach and the support would be different for if it was estrogen excess or estrogen dominance or both, you know? Okay. So, yeah, I'm I'd curious like about that from a protocol perspective. Like if you're, let's say, 
you're moving beyond the serum hormone levels and you're realizing that you maybe need a Dutch test to dive in a little bit deeper. How does that affect the protocols that you're able to uh, recommend after the fact? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so speaking just to the Dutch test on that, um, Dutch test will also help you to see how those hormones are being cleared. So I know a lot of times practitioners and just the general public too will often lean towards hormone balancing supplements like DIM methane is a really great example of this where uh, I, I hate that it's just so readily available on the grocery store shelves. It's like my sure. biggest pet peeve. But, um, and that's because for people who are not clearing their estrogen properly, um, so if their methylation is poor, if phase two detoxification of the liver is dysfunctional, taking DIM or, you know, other uh, supports, eating a lot of cruciferous vegetables, some of these things that we hear about, uh, could actually create more metabolites. Mm -hmm. And then those estrogen metabolites, um, if they aren't able to get out of the system properly due to poor methylation, can actually lead to more damage and inflammation and oxidative stress and, and uh, increase the risk for estrogen-related cancers and growths and stuff like that. So as far as protocol development goes, um, it really helps us to get very targeted and strategic with what supplements we're recommending. Um, but keeping in mind, like the big thing that I always say with hormone testing and, you know, the Dutch test in particular is that it's not definitive. So even though we might see these patterns and imbalances and we might be able to work with that data to help us find more strategic supplemental support, we still need to be able to take a step deeper and look at what some of those underlying factors are, like inflammation, poor gut health, you know, all of these uh, liver function, methylation, stuff like that. So it's not definitive, but it can still be useful for supportive um, or data for supportive supplementation. Okay. Okay. So if a practitioner is considering learning about the Dutch test, how do you recommend them going and doing that? Are there yeah. like any webinars or anything that you would point them towards to like get a, a short kind of blip into it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so for the Dutch test, if you go to the Dutch website, I mean, they have so much information on there just for understanding and learning it. Um, I also teach the Dutch mm -hmm. test too in my program. So um, what's interesting and a different uh, approach that I have for training the Dutch test is that I, I don't just train the Dutch test and looking at what the markers are, but more so uh, we actually go through the science of hormone metabolism. Because when we're talking so you about understand it, what's happening in the Dutch test as yes. opposed to just attempting to read these yeah. results. Okay, yep. I love that. So understanding the actual Dutch test is farther down in my course. We, the first thing we learn is hormone metabolism. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with that, I believe my program is probably one of the most robust uh, educational experiences for understanding the science behind the metabolism of these hormones and the patterns and what leads to those imbalances. Mm -hmm. um, so I teach the science of it, and then I teach you how to recognize that and see it in a Dutch test and work with that. Okay. Um, so, you know, learning through me definitely is a, is an sure, aspect. Sure. Or, yeah, yeah. And then also the Dutch, uh, task website has tons of resources, webinars, um, and all of that stuff too. I just help to simplify it and make it easier to absorb. Yeah. Is anybody able to get an account to run a Dutch test or how do you recommend people run them? 
Yeah, so um, technically only licensed physicians, um, specific credentials and stuff like that can have a provider account through Dutch, but it really doesn't matter because literally anybody can go to the Dutch test website and order it even you know, I'll have this a lot with clients where they'll just order it for themselves online and then they get it and they're like, what do I do? <laughs> you know, yeah. so seriously, anybody can order it. Um, it's also available on bigger uh, lab um, companies like uh, Avexia or DHA or Rupa. So those companies also have access to it and you can get that uh, practitioner kind of wholesale price through them too. But I will say if you are not a practitioner or a physician, a licensed physician, and don't, don't quote me on this because I think Dutch tests will always, you know, change what they do, but you should be able to reach out to them and request a vendor account. And if you're a vendor account, then you can get a discount code that you can offer to your clients, um, which your client can, then can purchase the test online, use your discount code and save a few bucks. Okay. Awesome. So do you recommend when, um, if somebody is a new practitioner, let's say, do you recommend any specific niches besides like women's health, let's say, are there any other niches that you think um, would be a really great fit for learning the Dutch and the serum hormones and all of that? Yeah. And I, before we forget, I do want to circle back around and talk about the benefits of serum hormone testing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We'll definitely get to that. Okay. But yeah, yeah. so as far as like understanding um, and working with the Dutch test and serum hormones and niches, my opinion, and like I 100% believe this, is that every practitioner who is working with women should know this stuff. Not necessarily the nuances. You don't have to know how to work with a Dutch test to be able to receive results. You can partner with other practitioners. You can work with myself and my team of practitioners to help you to understand the Dutch test if you want for your client. But as far as like understanding hormones goes and understanding functional hormone health and cyclical nature of the female experience, any practitioner who is working with woman or female body in their practice will benefit from that right. because we are different than, than men. And we need to understand those differences and be able to apply uh, our understanding of those differences into our clinical practices. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's go back to serum hormones. Sorry, we're jumping a little bit. Yeah, serum is um, really underestimated. Okay. And I, I wanted to take a moment to talk about serum hormones too in this call because uh, serum hormones can be really beneficial for looking at uh, more like of a upstream effect. So the serum hormones that we're looking at, um, and what I'm talking about when I say serum hormones, I am more so speaking to uh, pituitary hormones or the brain hormones of those um, of those hormones, rather than looking at uh, you know estrogen, progesterone, which is fine. Like as far as um, looking at levels go, serum hormones can be like estrogen and progesterone and stuff and androgens can be a great measure for that. The, the problem is that we need to make sure that we are measuring them at the specific and the right times within a woman's cycle. So, cycle, yeah. so that's really important. Um, you know, you can't just take a hormone test uh, on some random day. Like ideally when we're testing for estrogen, uh, not progesterone, but like estrogen, androgens and stuff, we usually want to test between like cycle days two and four. And cycle okay. day one is the first day of a woman's period. Right. So just for reference, cycle day three is superior. Um, 
uh, serum hormones can be really great for looking at levels, but Dutch tests can be really great for looking at the patterns and also metabolism. So there's that. You can still use estrogen progesterone to get a gauge. And in some cases, I do recommend that for like DHEA or testosterone, especially when we're taking a look at hormone replacement therapy, mm-hmm. using DHEA, stuff like that, because the Dutch test for just simple, you know, uh, sex hormones, it's like $200 versus like, a DHA, DHEA test is just so minimal, you know? Right. So it's like less than $100. So with and that, what does the um, DHEA test um, tell you for the serum? Yeah. So uh, if we're looking at like DHEA or DHEAS, it's basically equivalent to what you would receive in the Dutch test as far oh, as like total DHEA goes. It's really um, similar to serum DHEA. So when we are Uh, For example, um, if there is a perimenopausal woman who could really benefit from some support from DHEA uh, supplementation, then uh, instead of like ordering Dutch tests to monitor, you can can just order a serum test to monitor and it's much cheaper, um, still gives you that same data. So like that's, those are some areas where it can come in benefit come in beneficial. Um, but we also have to keep in mind that like inflammation and stress and stuff can decrease those serum levels as well. Um, but as far as like brain, uh, brain pituitary hormones go, we're looking at the upper stream. So we're looking at things like FSH, which is follicle stimulating hormone, Mm -hmm. LH luteinizing hormone. Uh, we could look at prolactin. Um, we could look at AMH, but I am not the biggest fan of AMH. That's another topic for another day. Okay. (laughs) It's so subjective. Um, but, uh, as far as like, yeah, I, I tend to look at FSH, LH and prolactin the most when it comes to, um, those hormones. Sometimes we might look at inhibin. It just depends on the situation. Um, but when we're looking at, uh, FSH, like I think a lot of people are familiar with FSH. If it's high enough, like really high, that's usually the, the biggest indicator of menopause, you know, or leading towards perimenopause. So that's what we commonly hear about. But less um, talked about is looking at patterns and ratios between like FSH and LH, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, if we see like, let's say, for example, this is where uh, serum hormones can really come help and helpful. So if a woman uh, comes to you and she's experiencing amenorrhea, so lack of a period, um, or she has bouts of infertility and is wondering about PCOS or something and uh, anovulation and stuff like that. Um, Logically, because we, from a scientific perspective, understand that if a woman is not bleeding and she hasn't had a period for over six months, she likely doesn't have enough estrogen to be able to trigger um, the ovulatory uh, nature. There's a big hormone cascade there that we don't have to get into, but if estrogen isn't high enough, that's not going to facilitate uh, the ovulation process. And mm-hmm. typically when estrogen is low, the one of the reasons is that follicle stimulating hormone can be low um, because follicle stimulating hormone comes in to help uh, support the follicle growth and estrogen production thereof. So mm-hmm. Um, if we see that a woman comes to us with amenorrhea, um, you know, doesn't have a period or anovulation and those types of issues, like logically speaking, we would not want to order a Dutch test because 
we know just from looking at the symptoms that her hormones are probably low. She's not ovulating. She's not going to have progesterone. Her mm -hmm. estrogen is low because she's not ovulating. She's not bleeding. These are, you know, the characteristics of amenorrhea. Mm -hmm. So why would we order a Dutch test per se to tell us information that we already know? So in this situation is where we might look at serum hormones and we may take a look at uh, LH, FSH and prolactin, for example, just to see what's going on there. Um, and likely they're gonna be low, but uh, we can look at different patterns that can help us to understand maybe what some of the root causes are. So to give you a, an example of this, um, if FSH and LH are low, this may likely be like a hypothalamic amenorrhea situation that we might need to address and support that accordingly. Um, or there could be like a high prolactin issue which can stunt GnRH and lead to those lower levels. We might need to look at ways to lower prolactin. Um, or we might see um, a situation where FSH is low and LH is higher by like a three to one ratio or so. Still kind of lower, maybe a little bit higher, but these are patterns that we see most commonly with people who have PCOS um, as insulin resistance can increase LH levels. Um, there has been some research on lowered inhibin B function uh, in those who have PCOS who can dampen um, uh, FSH and uh, so inhibin is an inhibitory hormone and inhibits FSH and LH. So if inhibin isn't there, we see a higher amount of that. Mm -hmm. um, so if we see this pattern of like higher LH to FSH, then that might give us an indication, okay, maybe there's an insulin resistance PCOS type pattern happening. Mm -hmm. um, which in turn can help us to understand how to best support those clients. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, Vitex has been known to help support healthy levels of prolactin. So that can be a great option for people who have higher prolactin levels that are leading to those issues, but it has also been shown to increase LH. So it may not be beneficial for somebody who's experiencing the exact same symptoms, but with higher LH levels leading to that uh, imbalance. So I know this is a lot to like take no, on. No, <laughs> I could talk to you for like hours and hours and hours. So keep yeah. going. <laughs> oh, and that's like, but, I think that's the basis of, yeah. you know, why serum hormones are so helpful and yeah. uh, just when you would use those instead of the Dutch tests. But yeah. that is why I teach these patterns and I teach mm -hmm. the physiology and I also teach the pathology so that we can look at things from a functional perspective and a dysfunctional perspective so we can identify patterns and know how to better support our clients from that data. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, are, you, are the practitioners that you're teaching, are they mainly working with people that are dealing like infertility and like so all the way up through um, menopause like mm -hmm. it really you cover all of that i cover yeah okay. all of it we go through we go through the lifespan of um a woman or female physiology and we we talk about things all the way from menarche to prime reproductive years to preconception to prenatal to postpartum. Great. We also go into talking about the complex cases. So we talk about endometriosis, PCOS, mm -hmm. hypothalamic amenorrhea, um, primary ovarian insufficiency, uh, potential causes of infertility. Um, 
really yeah. so much. And yeah. then, yeah, we also go into perimenopause and menopause um, and how to support those pieces too. So it is an all-inclusive, all-encompassing, um, very high-level, uh, comprehensive program. Yeah, that is amazing. You mentioned something before that I, I wasn't familiar with, so I just wanted to go back to it really quick before I forget. You mentioned on the Dutch that there is um, there are organic acids measured yeah. as well. So if somebody is getting a Dutch test done, do they not need an oat test as well? Or does it do they kind of cancel each other out? Or um, do they just do a few of them? Yeah, it's just a few of them. It's okay. not as extensive. So the ones that we're looking at um, there, well, so we've got on that page, we have um, pyroglutamate, a glutathione marker. We have B6 markers. We have um, uh, uh, dopamine um, and norepinephrine. So we have some of the neurotransmitter markers. Um, and the big thing that we're looking at with uh, those neurotransmitters um, is more so uh, comparing it to symptoms. So it's not quite as definitive, but rather we're just, we're looking at what the body is clearing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, with that, there could be like a high clearance and then we might see more of those metabolites or there could be a low clearance. Um, so with that, you know, we can also see like hypothyroidism patterns and like clearance issues, but, and that's where it's like a little bit different than the typical oats, you know what right. I mean? We're kind of looking at it from, uh, from a different perspective and more so those oats that we're looking at are supportive of the rest of what we're seeing in the, in the Dutch test. So okay. to give you an example, if the B6 marker is out of range, um, and then we see like low methylation that can help us to pinpoint. Um, there's also 8-OHDG, which is an oxidative stress marker. Um, and if that is high, then we may take a look at like estrogen and if it's not metabolizing properly. Mm -hmm. And if that is leading to, um, more of the uh, oxidative stress and catechol um, uh, quinone production and stuff like that. So if we have that DNA damage and that oxidative stress and 8-OHDG is mm -hmm. high and methylation is low, mm -hmm. we know we need to support phase two methylation. We need to bring in some antioxidants. We need to try to help mitigate that situation. So it's really just supportive of the rest of the data. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Perfect. So what advice do you have for new practitioners that um, are wanting to use these in their practice? Like yeah. Hormone um, serum? Yeah. You know, uh, it may sound intimidating. It's, uh, there's definitely a lot of patterns and stuff, but um, once you kind of get into it and you start to understand the physiology, which is why I teach the physiology and not just the markers, mm -hmm. it all comes together and it makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so in my program, I uh, really make sure to kind of simplify everything so that you have the resources and the connection points and the understanding of what all is going on so that it's not so overwhelming and complex. Um, but also at the same time, just remember that uh, you don't necessarily have to be proficient and use Dutch tests and use serum tests to be able to help people. 
don't underestimate the power of understanding symptoms. So when we are working with the cycle and we're working with the body, um, you know, hormones are supposed to be high at a certain point in the cycle. Other hormones are higher in other points in the cycle. And when we are keen to knowing um, just the, the cycle and how it's supposed to function and how the symptoms can tell us where the dysfunctions may be, you can use that to work with the foundations to support your clients on just that level. Right. And I did want to give like one more um, piece of what we teach in the academy as well that is not often taught. We go through cycle charting too. So we go through fertility awareness method and understanding the different parameters of fertility awareness based method charting. Um, we talk about symptothermal method charting and how to support your clients from a health perspective um, through cycle charts, which is free data if your client is willing to chart and um, go through that process. So we also equip you with that tool that you can use in your practice as well. Okay. Yeah. So it's not all about the testing, but the testing is there and is taught for when you're wanting to go deeper Yeah. with somebody. That's awesome. So I know we're right at time. So what are you currently working on and where can practitioners find you if they want to potentially work with you or um, take your program? Yes. So as I said, um, the timing is a little off because I am doing a big rebrand come June. So a lot of things are going to be changing. Um, but at the moment, you can find me through my Instagram, which is at reproductive.radiance. Um, you can find us at our website, which is www.functionalwomensacademy.com. When we go to rebrand in the summer, those links will be redirected towards our new brand and website. So you should okay. be able to connect, but if anything, I will maybe ask you to put a little note <laughs> when that time comes. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, that's where you can find us. And uh, yeah, we, we do the academy, but we also do practitioner mentorship. And then we also have the practitioner clinic. So I, like I said, I work with practitioners on a one-to-one -one setting. And then I also mentor for complex cases, um, lab analysis, uh, Q&A calls, and all of that together. So there's lots of options to work together. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for spending the time. It was so interesting to hear about Dutch and, horn and serum and all of that. So thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for the invite. This was so yeah. much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Great to talk with you. I'm excited okay. to see what else you come up with. Yeah. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. That is it for today. Thank you so much for joining. You can find me at testdon'tguess on Instagram or testdon'tguess.org, or you can check out the free private Facebook group called Test Don't Guess Functional Lab Chats to go ahead and continue this conversation. So until next time, always keep learning and stay curious. When someone sends me two HTMA tests and asks why they haven't seen much change, my first question is always, are you using Vicon? Vicon is the supplement company that I truly can't stop talking about inside our instant HTMA professional community, and here's why. With Vicon, you're able to customize a supplement blend based on your client's HTMA test, complete with the client's name printed right on the label. 
So no more generic solutions or piecing together massive, complicated, and expensive protocols. Practitioners love Vicon because it wipes out supplement fatigue, which leads to real, tangible results. And clients love it because it's so simple to take, whether they choose the powder or the pills. And most importantly, they're able to experience the magic of getting the right nutrients along with crucial cofactors for their body. All you have to do as the practitioner is choose a base formula, customize it using over 25 different properly sourced options like extra potassium or liver support, and you can even whip up a custom prenatal or support breastfeeding moms. The possibilities are truly endless. And then just to make sure that the blend is perfect, you can always set up a quick consult with the amazing Vicon team and they are happy to help. So if you're ready to revolutionize your approach to supplementation, grab our free Vicon guide and sign up for your own free Vicon account and let them know that you heard about it from Test Don't Guess. Check out the link in the show notes to get started.